This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Talking Cop. This is a Wednesday night. It is a Wednesday night. It is a Wednesday night. This is a member show, and um, it is the tribute. So we get a guest on. We ask them to pay tribute to three former LFC players, and it's the turn of Phil Casey. Zach says, I missed the torty today. Um, yeah, there was no torty today. The torty, of course, being our 10 a.m. show, go. where it's a mix of 10 minutes of football, 20 minutes of nonsense. But um, I wasn't here this morning for various reasons. But I will be back in the morning, and there's a crew of us in the morning, which is amazing. I usually go from nobody with me. I have two people with me tomorrow, so that's the crack. Phil, how are you? You fell off a ladder. You got the vomit and bug, but you're back. <laughs> I'm looking great for it all, am I? You're looking magnificent. <laughs> You look like you've lost a bit of weight I, around the face and all. <laughs> I've, I've rude off the red nose rain cushion holding me back up at the moment. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's all good. Come on, before we begin, what, what were you doing on the Okay. Line? There's no kids around, is there? Um, Santa oh, was climbing up into the attic. Santa was going, yeah, you were looking for Santa in the attic and you yeah. fell off the ladder. You thought you heard Santa in the attic. And when I realised he wasn't there and I was coming down. So I do what most grown adults do at this stage, unlike our kids, right? Is that, um, you know, the way you find a way to not have to tie your laces in your shoes. Mm. Right. So as I was coming down the ladder, what if they aren't tight enough, the back part of my shoe went, if you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I stepped on it and the heel part came away from the foot. Mm-hmm. Right which caused me to lose my balance because obviously the shoe went down this way yeah, and then I went right. and I went that way okay. and I came off and I was lucky because I'd gone slightly to the right I would have been over the banisters and right the way down the stairs in the house maybe dead right. <laughs> possible I could be dead or in but you didn't. traction but I didn't I went, the, I went the right way which is onto the ground okay um, so that was bad. And I thought I said to you on Sunday, I said, I don't know if I can do the show, see how I am the next day. So five I'll give you a show at 11 o'clock, you said. I'll give you a show at 11, yeah. Um, and then at five o'clock in the morning, the following morning after the, that had happened, um, I, I managed to talk to God on the Great White Telephone repeatedly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. And then I had, then I had, then I had to show him where the sun didn't shine. And then he wasn't happy with that. And neither was I. And we had a row about it for the rest of the afternoon. So yeah. that wasn't great. It's, uh, yeah, it is going around. Everyone's fucking getting it. But, um, Ashley says, I'm glad you're not dead, Phil. That makes one of you, Ashley. That makes one of you. Well, to be fair, to be fair, I was feeling that way until today. So that's that's yeah. uh, was, yeah. yeah. But he's back now. You can't be. You can't keep him down. Anyway, the tribute show. Three players. You can go whenever, well, anyway, order you want. Um, myself, Keith, and Davo have done this so far. We did go in that order, like you know, earliest player to latest player. But you can go wherever <laughs> yeah. way you want. You've picked three. You've picked two midfielders, and you've picked the forward. One from the eighties. One from then two thousand to two thousand and nine. 10s mm-hmm. in there and one from 2010 to 2020 that's what you picked um who would you like to go with first 
So I I think when you said it to me, I'd gone for the three most obvious ones that you hadn't done, right? Um, and then I started thinking about it, saying, then I asked you, could I do Salah? And you said, no, right? And I said, well, no, no, I didn't. No, that's a lie. You did. You had did, Salah gave... you said, I, I, I was, you said I was going to pick X, Salah, Y, but yeah. if you don't let me have Salah, I'll have this. And you put that player in, and I went, perfect. That because, would him in. Yeah, we can do the obvious ones, but I, I'd rather yeah. do the slightly less obvious. That's just... So, I was I actually did think about this, and the first fella that jumped into my head, when you said a tribute show, right, and this is why I picked him, is because I think he's one of the most unsung, brilliant players we've had ever, right? Right. And it, it's hard to describe even what type of player he was. And this is this is this is the best tribute. Like, he's like he was a mixture of the old world and the new. And I'm, when I say the new world, I'm talking about the club style world combined. And anybody that goes back and watch him play will really get what I mean. And I'm going to start with me, with my big roll of the dice. And the first fella I want to start off with is Steve McMahon, right? And I know he's the earliest in it. I, but again, I just like. Only when you read, so I come at this from two angles. Obviously, this is when my real consciousness of football takes place. So he's with Liverpool from 1985 to 1991, I think it is, yep. right? When Sionis comes in, Sionis gets rid of him when he gets rid of all the decent players. Yeah, um, Staunton, Hilton himself, Beardsley, so Beardsley he, maybe as well. He, he occupied, Chris, could just, can I just clear this up now? It's not Lucas Leiva. It'll never be Lucas Leiva. In fact, mm. Lucas Leiva has me blocked, right? <laughs> and I've never, I've never once put him in a tweet or Lucas Leiva, of course, the star of the latest podcast from Liverpool Football Club, telling us all about his time yeah. at Liverpool. Yeah, I won't be it? watching that. Won't be watching any of that <laughs> okay. ever. Ever. It'd be cool. like if they did one with Skirtle or John Glenson. Never happened. Yeah. Um, right. Anyway, so back, to, back to someone who deserves a tribute show, and that's Steve McMahon, right? And. As I said, it comes, he, he emerges at the same time my consciousness to football emerges, right? He's, he's there just as we get to the end of what was our dynasty, right? But he's also there at probably one of the, the, the most amazing periods in that time where we actually play a brand of football that's as good as anything you've ever seen from the likes of Barcelona, from the Holland teams, from the, the, the great bar, the, the bar, I said the Barcelona teams, the Real Madrid teams, all those type of teams. And we never know how good they were because obviously the, the Heisel ban was in effect at the time. But this fella is, is, is an enigma. So when you go back and watch him. Signed from, and I'm going completely off memory. I think he's signed from, is he signed from Villa? Uh, yeah. Or was it Blackpool? No, he went to Blackpool in the end. I think he went for well. Interestingly, he started with Everton and played over a hundred games for Everton, right? So this is the this is the bit that I love about Steve McMahon, right? So, um, and most of it is 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 he's the amount of goals he scores against Everton, and oh, I can't wait to get into. It. I'd actually do a whole channel on Steve McMahon in itself. You could park but, everybody else. I, I, I could I could look it up, but I think I think he might. Does he start at Everton? I think he starts he go, at Everton. Does he go hundred games? Hundred games for Everton. Um, and I can't remember where he went to. Don't really care. He ends up at Liverpool in 85. But he comes in. See, the thing what makes me remember him, Gav, is that Sunus had gone, right? There was a hole in that midfield in terms of somebody who was an absolute ball breaker and a killer in terms of that style of midfielder, right? Yeah. And he's that fella. He's that fella from the get-go. But you're right, it was Villa. Um, he joined Villa in 83. 
That's what it was. So, yeah, I'm just looking cool. it up there. Um, because I, I uh, bought from Aston Villa for three hundred and fifty thousand on the sixth of September, nineteen eighty-five. Other teams: Everton seventy-seven to eighty-three, Villa eighty-three yep. to eighty-five, City ninety-one to ninety-four, Swindon ninety-four to ninety-eight. He manages Blackpool. I think that's where you're coming from the Blackpool angle. No, he managed Swindon. He was player manager at Swindon. He, that's how he so City. He spent from City to manage be player manager at Swindon. Does he go to Swindon to replace Hoddle there? Any chance? I think he might have, or was it your man? Remember with the Tash? John, John Gorman. Gorman, I think but it I think is. Gorman might have been the, the assistant to Hoddle wherever he went as well. Yeah, um, he, I think he followed him around that way. So um, he just, just, just think, uh, Honours League Championship 85, 86, 87, 88, 89, 90, an FA Cup in 86 and 89. Um, total games 277 with 50 goals and 27 assists. 50 goals, right? And the best bit about this is he was our ball breaking. He was our mascot. Our DM. Our DM, right? as we call it nowadays, yeah. Right? Now, he's not just a DM. The best way I can describe him is, imagine if you mixed Mascarano and Wijnaldum. This is the best way I can describe I was looking at him today again and watching back his, his time at Liverpool between his tackles and the whole lot, right? Mm-hmm. He was a mix of Mascarano, Wijnaldum, and I'll get onto the Wijnaldum bit that, that this is why it works for me in terms of the Wijnaldum thing. And then with, with the shot of, the long range shot of Suarez mixed in. Right. This is, he had this mad mix of things. He actually has what I think is one of the most underrated outside of the right peg shots I've ever seen in my life ever. If anybody wants to go onto YouTube, I think there's a 20 minute highlight reel of all his goals for Liverpool, right? I sent it on to you earlier on today. Mm-hmm. And I think about 75% of them come off the outside of his right peg. And there's, he, he hits banger after banger. There's a goal. His, his favorite goal of all time. He's against Man United in a match we actually lose. Um, I think Les Seely is a goal. And he nutmegs a fella, right? He nutmegs a fella when you, people weren't nutmegging fellas, where he does it with the outside of the right peg, pulls it back through. It could have been Neil Webb um, in through his legs. And then he knocks it about two yards in front. And then he hits this outside of the right foot shot into the roof of the net in the cup and goes absolutely mental and, and literally says, you fucking beauty. And to be honest with you, that describes the shot. But... It's not even close to the one, in my opinion, that he scores against Oxford United. Right? And he scores it from about 45 yards out against Oxford United on the half volley and puts it into the top right-hand corner, outside the right boot, from the left to the right-hand side. A sort of a shot that goes like a bendy banana mm. up into the roof. And it, it's outrageous. He just scores his goals. He, he either scored a four-yard slider, right, a chipped one-on-one, or a 45-yard absolute banger. He does banger. chip the keeper, doesn't he, when he's put through. And he, like, when I say he chips the keeper, the keeper's on the ground and he chips it about <laughs> 15 feet in the air like to, just to make sure. Um, That's a proper chip. Kev but, says, McMahon is a player of his time in an era of hard man midfielders. He could mix it with anyone, but he could play and he had a banger of a shot on him. That's what he says as well. And scouts a piece the back heel by the touchline to stop the ball going out of play in the final against Forrest. Never said that. That, actually, that back heel is against Arsenal. And this is this is probably seven eighty eight, I think. Yeah, it's. I think it's one of his signature moments for Liverpool, where it's going out. He flies from the edge of the box out to save the ball, stops it on the line, and flies into the advertising. Goes into the crowd. David Rocastle, I think, is the fella that's coming in, right? Yeah, and he he megs him and puts the ball back across, and they score from it. So this is how I remember it. The ball goes out towards the main stand at Anfield um, at the cop end. He chases after it, puts his studs on it to stop it. It stops dead. He disappears. Yeah, he disappears out of the screen, presumably more or less into the main stand, comes out. I don't think he nutmegs David Rowcastle. I think what happens is Rowcastle comes to him 
and he takes his foot a touch with his right foot and then his left foot really quickly. Bang bang. And he's past Rowcastle. He charges into the box. Um I is it him that no, I think he plays someone in, they shoot, it goes across the goal and Aldridge is at the back post and scores. And Aldridge is at the back post. But yeah. what I could what I couldn't get over is the amount of so his signature, you know what we're talking about in terms of signatures, right? What he was and what he was a league above anyone else I've ever seen until when Yaldam turns up at Liverpool is you know that late runner from midfield? His timing of the late run from midfield so nobody picks him up, I've never seen better. And considering he was coming most of the times from in a 4-4-2, the fellow who was sitting at the bottom of the midfield, his timing to run and his time to know when to go and get himself through. Molby used to have a, an absolute field day, right? You just see, and if anybody goes and watches this compilation and you watch what happens, right? Watch most of the time. There's a midfielder standing on the ball. It could be Whelan, it could be Moby, it could be Birdsley, it could even be John Burns. And you'll just see this red thing going past their shoulder, right? And next minute, they'll just play this little soft pass. And nine times out of ten, McManaman's running between two centre-backs and he's not being picked up and he's onto a perfectly weighted pass. And the next thing he does is, as you said, a 15-foot chip into the air over an advancing goalkeeper. Yeah. Or you play it around the side. Unbelievable. And this is where, for me, this is what I'm saying to you in terms of the Wijnaldum parents was, because I hadn't seen a Liverpool player do that until Wijnaldum turns up. And he was the master of the late run into the box, right? And as Kev says, he's a product of his era in one sense, in that he was the hard man. He he put his foot through things. You know, Vinnie Jones in 87, 88 said their foul focus when they went to the FA <laughs> Cup final was to break up Steve McMahon because they felt if they could break him up, they could break Liverpool down. And like... They smash him, but he still gets back up and he smashes. He, he gets hit by Vinnie Jones in that game. Yeah. Like literally at the start of it. Mm, and about two minutes Vinnie, in. Vinnie Jones like literally tries to behead him. He's that fucking high on him. And he goes up in the air and comes down and you're like, there's no way he's getting up from that. And when I say he's just pops up from it, doesn't even yeah. dust himself down, just pops up and goes, oh, it's a free kick to us. Is it? And as like, now in, the, in today's game, it'd be a red card. The fella yeah. after hitting the deck wouldn't be getting up. And if he did get up, he'd be trying to swing digs. But Steve McMahon was just like, that's how the game's played. We'll go and again. All he went. Now, Liverpool lose the game ultimately. But the thing is, like, for me, just for Mac- McMahon, for me, I think he goes beyond the idea of a box-to-box player. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people think box-to-box and they think, like, in all in all truth, box-to-box is usually a fella that can get back, tackle, get forward, and get around the other team's box. You know what I mean? He, it basically means he's a good engine on him, he can go. But Steve McMahon had that, but he also had that threat at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like like you said, watch the watch the watch the compilation of him and those tackles in there. He's a good footballer. It's not like he just Smash. tackles like fucking runs, like he's not like Forrest Gump, you know what I mean, that can kick people. He he actually has so much talent in him and he gets beyond forwards, he scores, he finishes, he assists. And I think it's a great show for me because I think he when you when you talk to, you know in that realm of midfielders for Liverpool and you know we get on to another one in a bit you know you look at your Gerrard you look at your Sunes you look at um, Wijnaldum you've mentioned there even Henderson Moby. at the time he's been there Moby there's so many of them and McMahon doesn't seem to come up on the radar an awful lot may do for a, for probably people their age and older but I'm delighted you've picked this because if someone's in their twenties watching this which the chance are they are. Or even the thirties, and they're kind of going. I know McMahon, but mm, I, do we know enough about him? Go and watch him. And it's happened in all the shows we've done so far with a player. We've gone go and watch him. And it's usually one from the eighties. 
But Phil, I I think I thought he was a fantastic player. Like he, but, you, but you Gaff, never went out he, on the pitch thinking McMahon no. let you down today, and you never thought no. Liverpool would get bullied if he was on the pitch either. And he also has some mad stats. So he's one of the few Liverpool players to score four goals in a game. He almost set the record. He had a chance against, I think it's Fulham, we win 10-0 in a League Cup match, right? And he has the opportunity to be the only Liverpool player ever to score five goals in a game. I think of the lads we've signed since in terms of Suarez and Salah and everything, right? Suarez is and goal do you know four. Yeah. And do you know what he, do, do you know what he missed that one? He misses a penalty in that game. He scored four and missed the penalty to score five goals in one game. Outrageous. He What he does is, he does a, he's the type of player who used to turn up in the biggest games and have a moment, right? If you think about the FA Cup final we win in 89, I think the opening goal, it's his ball that's whipped in to Aldridge at the back post that opens the scoring for us. When we played Forrest in a, I think it may have been the replay, he opens the score, an absolute pile driver into the roof of the net. And the Everton games, this is when the derby mattered. This is when Everton was a challenge to league titles, right? Mm. This fella scored goals for fun of the derby. In fact, his compilation, nearly all his goals are goals against Everton. And, and I'll say this, right? Because we all, we, we waxed lyrical about Suarez one night and we laughed our heads off. Do you remember at his, at his header that he headed from outside the box that he put against the post? It would have been the best goal of all time. Right? No, that's the volley against Arsenal, which would have been the best. Well, then, goal. The header is against the header against West Brom. Right. And it's outrageous, but it, yeah, it doesn't score. Goal, right? assist, yeah. yeah. Steve McMahon scored a header from the edge of the D off a corner against Everton in a derby, right? Now that's, if you don't believe me, go and look it up. It's outrageous. It's a clip. Everything that I tried to set up for the corner, right? And I can't remember, it might have been Steve Nichol. Clips a little, just, it's a bit like, you know, remember the, 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 the ball, a quick play. So Trent into a, um, to Origi who clips it in to score the goal against Barcelona, yeah. right? Everyone's setting up, McMahon is just there, and he just starts running. And it's like, it's when you look back, you go, Jesus, how do you even notice that? He just starts running, and it's outrageous. I think the clip was to be a volley, right? But he clipped it too high. So and instead of just... Yeah, and he looks like... For, now, this is going to show me age, but anyone who remembers Sensible World of Soccer in the 90s, yes. right? <laughs> when the players used to just launch themselves full force, right? He basically launches his head yeah. at it. And he puts it straight into the top corner. It's like 1990s computer football. It's an outrageous goal. And I was there going, but that's Steve McMahon in a nutshell. Everything, everything that, that symbolized Steve McMahon, a run into the box with a goal that's coming off it, but him launching his body into everything. Cause he, he, he saw himself more or less as a human missile that was just being flung around the pitch. And he, yeah, he did. He <laughs> did. Like, cause like you'd, you'd see him in games and, you know, he, he was balding from quite early, wasn't he? But like he, he looked. He, sometimes he'd remind you, like, yeah, Jack Nicholson in the Shining, like, because he just fucking he'd get up from a tackle like away at bleeding Wofford, and the pitch would be in shite, and he'd get up and there'd be muck all down him. And yeah, you know, it was you know like you don't even see it now. You know when players get fall on the ground it, yeah. with the new pitches nowadays, they're very rarely dirt. There's no right? there's no dirt. There's no muck. No, there's no dirt. Like, but he used to get up and there'd be lumps of turf caught between the top of his sock and his knee like lumps of grass hanging out of everywhere and then they'd be fucking all up his leg up the shorts up the back like covered and then the hair would be just fucking sticking out he hadn't got much of it but it'd be sticking out and they'd be bleeding muck all over his face and everything he'd be, he was like something in um it was like something in a war movie, you know, like that's been in fucking in in like combat for about three hours, and he just gets literally a bit in of the a trenches and the camera goes to him, and he's fucking. <laughs> but I always remember with him, he always had lumps of fucking 
muck and grass. Just big and sods grass. and stuff. It'd be like it was like getting yeah. a big sod of grass and ramming it in a sock for good luck. It was always hanging out and but um, one, I, one I last one last thing. I know I don't know if it's one last thing. We've got more time to talk about. Him. But one thing about Miz, he's unique. I don't think a player has ever played for Liverpool and worn and never worn a bad jersey in his life. Right, and I, I, I mean this yeah, honestly. Show. Right, he never wore a bad jersey. His jerseys are from the Adidas from '85 through to 1990. Right, so he never he doesn't get yeah. to wear he, he gets, doesn't get to wear the horrible yoke over the shoulder. Every jersey he wears is some form of red. Yeah, the last the last down. jersey he wears in '91 would be the flecked candy, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's outrageous. Yeah, it's like so I was he just gets, when he you gets look to wear the red and silver candy. Um, if you yeah. go back into '85, it's very plain red. Um, 87, 88 with the, with the, the stripes the, you know the stripes that just come to the edge yeah yeah and the, then the Kenny Douglas ones I call them it's the, the double winning side yeah that's what yeah. he gets they only yeah. came kind of down to the shoulder and then he wears 87, 88 which is phenomenal um, yep. 88, 89 89, 90 which is kind of the the, the little kind of twist the white the yeah, white with the sort of little thing yeah, yeah and uh, it, was, like, it was plain it was just plain red there was nothing in it and then he gets the flecky yeah, then he gets the fleck and he just says after the fleck I'm out of here. He says I've, he scores, I've seen I've seen the jerseys for next year and you can go fuck with yourselves. Where are you off the end? I'm going to Man this City. Fuck off. Oh I'm jerseys Man massive. You know, this is the end. I'm off. I'm not does, wearing yeah, right. he, do, he doesn't wear a bad jersey at Liverpool. He's right. He just I'm, I'm, he's, in, just, he's in the perfect spot of eighty five, right up to yeah. right up to um so I was trying to think was is there another player in that time span that just joins at the point with the jersey's torn absolutely yeah. he, like he starts in 85 85 Adidas crown paint and he finishes with 91 yeah. flecked candy. candy yeah he's done well there with himself because he, like, he, he? He, he could have ended up wandering into the three stripes he could have ended up wandering into the big fucking 95 yeah. big mad thing massive Carlsberg yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no he, he's he's a uh, He's a great pick, I have to say. Um, and the Monster. compilation, the compilation you sent me, um, I can probably get it now and bang it in the chat. Actually, um, I think it should because honestly, I, 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 now you aren't to tune off until after the show, right? But yeah, it's it's you and everyone that watches it. There's not a bad moment. There's not a moment in it that that doesn't make you feel that's deadly. Like he's one of the few that has his goals. There's no like crappy goals in it. You know that way. There's you know the way some fans yeah. has the. Odd oh, I've, stuck, I've stuck it in the chat there. So there's a YouTube link. Don't don't be going to the YouTube link now till till we're finished. But uh, yeah. Dan Austin has agreed. No, the 80s. not the er- not not the early nineties because there's some absolute smeggy oaks that are very there, early nineties. Like, but... I liked the three striped one in ninety two. Oh. I really liked yeah. the green version of it. Actually, to be honest with you, Mikey. Uh, Set loved on fire. It. Loved it. Born but, alive. But then when you get into, I didn't like. Around ninety three, ninety four. Do you remember when they done? Um, it was the first time they brought out the official crest you'd see on Anfield now, and Kick. they had um, horrible. They, they had I'm on record of saying this. I hate that crest. It was the white one. Do you remember the white and black with the green tree strips coming up from the bottom? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You remember that? Yeah. I, I wasn't yeah. mad on that, and I wasn't mad on the red one. But then uh, Neil Ruddock. Yeah, and then 95, the big collar, but I loved the away one in 95, 96, which is the green and white four squares. I will say, I will say the, the big collar was a near perfect jersey if the collar wasn't on it. Had they just made half that collar, mm. it would have been an excellent jersey, but they didn't, yeah. and they made a joint cricket collar. Yeah. The only thing I will say is, and it was a fellow that came close to being in my tribute, I w- would have probably separated people in the chat, but that just, I just, that just screams Stan Collymore to me. And I have so many good memories of Stan Collymore as a Liverpool player. And that won't go down well, but I just have so, so many good memories. So do I. You know what I mean? Like him and Fowler score fucking scandalous Outrageous. amount of goals for two seasons. Scandalous. 
That's outrageous. Like, and and ridiculous them, goals. Even one of them missed. The other fella was there. Like even yeah. I remember Collie Moore smashing one off the post. And you're like, oh, and then Fowler's just there. I'll just not I'll mop that up, Stan. No bother. Just, Nick it in. Nick it um in. but uh, uh Steve McMahon, a brilliant, brilliant what a uh, man. show. Uh, what? I have stuck the YouTube link into the chat. Don't be going watching it until afterwards. It's a little tree for you after. Put the kettle if on. Anybody grab a can. Mac Mac can. can. Yeah. Mac a can. Mac a um, can. If anybody can. Mac a can. Are we just going to do five minutes of this? Uh, but Steve McMahon is your first show and I like it. On to the next one. Here we go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm going to, I, I, I'm, let's stick in the midfield. So I'm going with Jabby Alonso, right? Oh, and I know this is strange. I no, know this not. is a strange one because. And it's not at all. I, and I, I, I'm going to put him in here. He gets talked about, but he doesn't get talked about enough, right? This fella is, is majestic, right? And the, I, I actually played, I, I was going to say Malby. And then I realized that everything I loved about Malby, Alonso did, right? Everything that I loved about Mo- the only thing that Alonso didn't achieve in his time that Mulby did was to win league titles. Okay. Mm. And he came very close <clears throat> in 0809 to Diona. And I remember when he when, when Alonso came and I listen, the fan base was split about Alonso. This isn't unison that people were that Alonso, Alonso. Alonso arrives in the summer of two thousand and four. Um for I want to say about uh, was it ten ish million from Sociedad? So see that was I think he was the first really big signing by um well, by he, Rafa, well he's done he's done around the, he's done around this I think they both uh, unveiled at the same time uh, uh him and Lu, uh, Luis Garcia I think yep. they both signed so he arrives um sorry I have it here for you so just I'll read these out so we get them out of the way uh born in Tolosa, Spain uh, played for Sociedad from two thousand eight or ninety eight to two thousand four um Real Madrid then on to Bayern Munich finished up in two thousand seventeen he signed for ten point seven million. On the 20th of August 2004, which is right, the, the season might have started actually. Um, yeah. he plays 210 games for Liverpool, scores 19 goals, assists eight. He wins the Champions League in 2005, the European Cup, into the Super Cup in 2005, and an FA Cup in 2006. And That's along the way, he passed the world into near extinction. He was that good, right? And I think we've been so used to such horrible football under Hulier in terms of just rushing kick, rushing kick, rushing kick, that we'd forgotten what real midfield real Liverpool midfielders were expected to do. Right? Yeah. And he, he brought that class back into what we believed our midfield to be. That control, that pendulum, that ability to, you know, slow a game down and then go quick, 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 quick if you wanted, right? And what was missing from our fans uh, an awful lot at that time was that they failed to understand and 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 many still do. That the sideway pass, which is which is so often derided, is often there to create the opportunities in front of them, but it requires a fella to be able to to understand why he's doing what he's doing and always be available. And Alonso was brilliant. Alonso Alonso reminds me in in a way that that McAllister does for us at the moment, and the way that um, we've seen the lads that have been in there for a while. 
the ability to turn on the ball. This is, I think, one of the one of the, the greatest arts of a midfielder. And Thiago was brilliant at it as well. Being able to receive the ball with your back to play, know what's behind you, right? So know that where your next pass is. You're either giving it off early to get it back so you can turn yourself, or you're going to turn the player and have the vision of the field in front of you. It's like I just remember from the first moment I saw him play and I saw the way he moved the ball around the pitch, I was in love. But then that's because Mulby to me was the reference point for what great midfielders should look like, right? The, in, in a Liverpool jersey. That spoil of a um, player, anyway. Yeah, a fella that, that can control. And I've always been used to one guy being in there, being your metronome, being, yeah. being the fulcrum of the team. And the others work off. You have the you have the fella who's prepared. We just talked about a McManaman to break things up and and do all the doggies, but get up and down the pitch. And then you'd have your you'd have your genius, right? The, the whether it was a Gerard in front of 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 the Alonso Mascarano mix that was here, right? Or you'd have nowadays we have look. You have got Salah on one side. You've got Trent coming in to be that sort of deeper line version of what it is. But my God, I just remember this fella coming in and being able to pick a ball up and then start dictating the pace and. What always reminded me of how good he was from the offset was how much Chelsea under Mourinho targeted him. Like Lampard tried to break his ankles in every well, Lam- single well, game. Lamp- like, so just, just, and again, off memory, right? He signs in that summer and, he, um, and someone does say in the chat because I was thinking it, they go on to make that debut, him and Garcia away at Bolton. And Bolton are just mm-hmm. a fucking gang of heavies, you know? And yep. I, I, we lose one nil and straight away people are like, is he too lightweight for the Premier League? Is he mobile enough? Is he this time? You know, but Gary Bolton then, Actually, is a great show. He said again. He plays a game against Norwich in that season, and everything he did was a joke. And I actually remember watching the game, right? Yeah. But then when the when match of the day came on, they actually went through nearly every pass he made that day, and it was a fucking joke. The passes he was hitting, eyes of the needle stuff in behind fullbacks, clipping it over fullbacks, one twos, and he was just. Like Shawnee Lawson, I think I think he might even still be Shawnee Lawson's favourite player to play for Liverpool, because um, Shawnee absolutely adores him. But he was ju- the range of passing and the thing. Do you know what I found him, Phil? When he arrives, you're thinking he, he is. Is he a bit static? Is he a bit one of those where I stand here and I just orchestrate? But can I move? But as yeah. time went on, he got more and more around that pitch, and he threw in more and more tackles and made more recovering runs. And, yeah. and Lampard does him on New Year's Day at Anfield. Yeah. Um, I can't even remember the, the score of the game, but he does them, and I think he only makes it back for the Juventus away quarter final. When when Gerard's injured, so we're missing Gerard going away to Juventus. Scott Carson plays in goal, right? And he's majestic, and that's a that's a Juventus team that was being marshaled by Pirlo at this stage. So we're talking about a fella who was at the yeah, peak but they of his had game. they had Pirlo, they had Buffon in goal, they had um, no, no, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm like I remember that that who one was your midfield, um, tall fella, dark fella, oh. tall dark fella. There's many of them. No, he was really good. This fella, real athlete. Which one now? Um, off Juventus. Um, I'll think of his name in a minute. But then you had um, Yamana centre back. Uh, he goes on to be world player of the year, doesn't he? The centre back, uh, the Canavaro. Canavaro, um, yeah. like, um, is Ibrahimovic in that team? I don't know if Zlatan's in that. I team. think Zlatan's it, in that team. I think Del Piero's in that team. I think Ned Del Piero is in that team. team. I think Ned, Ned Fed Fed might be in that. Was yeah, yeah. yeah. And, Ned and, and Alonso, Alonso comes back for the away leg. Yeah, right. With, Where with, we we'd won, we'd won two one. We went away. We were missing quite a few players. We draw nil all in the Deli Alpi. And Alonso mm-hmm. is fucking 
a joke how good he is. And you're like Emerson. Emerson says Chris back. Yes, that's it. Um But jo- I loved him. And do you know what? Um I'm not I'm not skipping to the end and rushing you. But the way he was treated and forced out of Liverpool by Rafa Benitez in an attempt to sign Gareth fucking Barry was an abomination. <laughs> an absolute <laughs> abomination. And I remember I remember where I was when Gareth Barry signed <coughs> for Man City. I was in the Maldon Hotel in Talla and mm-hmm. I came up on the screen in the bar and I looked and went, that cunt's gone to Man City. And we're at the, we're at the literally ruining our relationship with Javi Alonso for him. Because Javi <laughs> Alonso, like, do you remember the goal he gets against Chelsea in the Champions League? Um, yeah. No, sorry, Aurelio scores and then we get a penalty and he just fizzes the penalty in um, to make it 2-0. The one away at Luton from the halfway line when Jared's yeah. giving out fucked him. He chips the keeper the- for Newcastle. The Newcastle, the Newcastle from inside his own half, right? When he, everyone thinks it's Jay Given, but isn't it Steve Harper? Harper's, who, Steve Harper's in goal. Yeah, yeah. He where he slips as he's trying to recover, right? <laughs> he's just flailing desperately, trying to get back onto his line because he knows this thing. But you look at it. The goal, he, the, the one he scores against Luton, always impressed me more, right? Because it was everything that was that was that was uh, Alonso. He. The one against Newcastle is a pure lob. He's inside his own half. He pings a high to clear the whole thing and catches the goalkeeper off. But against Luton, the goalkeeper's up in there on half. Remember, he'd come up, I think it was two all or something like that, right? Yeah, and he, he brings it around the keeper while the keeper's running. He brings it around the keeper. But he brings around the keeper in Liverpool's half. So just outside the D of the box from a corner, right? So he yeah. runs past the keeper. Cops that, hang on, I've just run past your man, right? <laughs> and then instead of trying to ping it the full, just rolls yards, it. whatever it is. Just rolls a fifty lifts yards. It, lifts it for about twenty yards past the last two defenders who are still there, right? And then just lets it drop before it even gets to the eighteen yard box. And, and Gerard's giving out fuck, and then it just trickles into the goal. He scores yeah, a brilliant. Yeah. He scores a brilliant free kick early on in his career against Chelsea. Isn't Su- it? No, a home to Sunderland. He bangs one in the one 0 win at Anfield. Yeah, he um, yeah, then then he's never taken a free kick again until I think Chelsea, where he pings one into the into the roof of the net as well in Stamford Bridge. It was outrageous, and he liked to pass. He liked to pass goals. The one thing I love about Alonso's goals is when you watch most of them, and he's basically just passing the ball to the net. Like he's his, going, if I can pass the ball wherever I want, I'll just pass it into the net. But his best one for me is Arsenal at home. You know, I think it's oh four oh five. Arsenal are a joke of a team. Um, I think the champions at the time. Meller gets the winner in this game. Do you remember? Vieira mm. scores a brilliant goal where they play it around Liverpool and Vieira dinks the keeper who's coming out with the Anfield road end. Meller scores at the end. But the, I think I think it's this game and the opening goal is Steve Finnan gets it about 15 yards into the touchline on the, at the Kenny on the Kenny and switches it. Right? Switches yeah. it fucking full width and I think it might be I think it might be Risa who heads it down to Gerrard who's coming storming in. And Gerard just side foots it inside like a blind pass inside. And he was coming onto on the edge of the box. Um, but, but Alonso and he side foots this thing from about 20 yards, rifled side foot into the top bin. And it's, it's a fucking brilliant goal. Um, I'm, I'm nearly sure I have the Finn a bit right. I might have the Reese a bit right. I definitely have the Gerard thing right. And I'm not sure if it's the right game, but, um, it's, I think it's his best goal. But do you know what the, the best highlight is? The pass he hits away at Sunderland. Over his left shoulder to put oh, um, put Lewis Garcia away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're yeah. in the yellow just... and blue jersey. It literally drops and he turns and pivots one eighty while hitting this volley that's up at knee height in behind the fullback. It was sickening to watch. But the one thing about Alonso is, and this is why he's in it for me. And again, he's the type of fellow you could do a whole thing on. Like 
for me anyway, right, he's one of the few players that became better after he let, left us. Yeah. Very few become better. But he, did he, he become better, better or did he just play in better sides? He did, Gavin. It's, it's not even that he played in better sides. All the things that he learned in England in terms of being that little bit more aware maybe of what's behind him. And he's talked about it, like, you know, in his, in his awareness tactics and how he managed Messi and stuff like that. Because things move so much quicker around you as a midfielder in, in England at the time, it gave him a better spatial awareness for what was happening around him on the pitch. So, you know, if he'd gone to Italy or something, it's a, it was very static. And I don't mean that people were just standing around and playing table football or whatever it was, but like... He was much more used to movement off the ball, which meant that he felt that he was more better suited to being able to pick players up and, and doing what it was. And then he goes to Bayern at the, towards the end. And it's a fellow who was 32 and was still looked like he was in the peak of his career and has that run to the Champions League for Like, he's just a class act. You know that, Bill? He's a class yeah. act. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know something as well? And, and one I don't really think about. Like, He's in the middle of midfield and he's in there at times, I think, with the likes of Biscan, he's in there with the likes of fucking whoever, right? Lucas. But but when but when they when they put Mascherano in there and people thought when Mascherano turned up, I'm gonna go back to this fucking kicking and running and will Alonso mm-hmm. fit. And they actually just put Alonso beside Mascherano and go, You do all that and you do all that and we put Gerard in front of you. And he actually comes out of that tree some that 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 yep. three man triangle. With the least amount of credit for me. You know, yeah. Gerard is a joke because he's scoring goals, he's setting up Torres, they're walking off each other. It's like, there's like telepathy between them. Mascherano's putting out fires everywhere and just getting it to Alonso. But Alonso, more than not, was the one that was hitting Gerard or hitting Coit or hitting Riera. And then they were getting it to Gerard. And the pass he hits away at Sunderland on the opening day of the season, 07, no, 08, 09. <clears throat> um, I was in I was in a hotel in Bray at a wedding for this and it was about the 80s fucking second minute and the ball drops we're in the silver gear the ball drops to Alonso and he hits this fucking pass to Torres and he just it's coming down and he just like literally on the half all he just bangs it pings around and Torres is away and they back off and he scores um, I was in the Esplanade Hotel in Bray Esplanade. I was in oh, the bar wonderful. I was just in the bar before I went in for my meal, and it was a wonderful wedding. Uh, Brian and Michelle, oh, yeah, still going strong, um, and yeah, I remember that. And when you see the pass, it's like <laughs> fuck off. You know what I mean? Um, you know, like, it's just stupid. And he just it got to the stage where he was hitting passes, Phil, and you were kind of going, "It's just what he does." It's just because mm-hmm. you know, like you know, where Anfield when you're there, I, th- I always find it especially Anfield. When someone hits a rake and pass, the whole crowd goes, oh, that was nice. Like 50,000 in unison. But it got to the stage where Alonso was hitting and was just going, yeah, that's it. You know, and they were nearly calling for it. As soon as he got it, it was like, just give it to him 80 yards down there. And yeah. you're like, all right, I'll do it. He was so fucking good, Phil. He was such a good footballer. His touch, his range of passing, he had a shot on him. He was awesome. And I, the bit I loved, and I go back to it, Phil, the thing I loved most about it was he was more mobile than people thought. He was more up for a tackle than people thought. And he, he, he just, he, they pigeonhole him as this kind of orchestrator, but I thought there was much more than, to him than that. Yeah, he's, he's, look, as I said to you, one of the few to get better after they leave us um, and go on to even bigger and better things when he does leave us. And the tragedy, as you say, is that he'll ever, he'll be forever remembered to be part of a Gareth Barry 
transfer saga, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't mind. Which is, Gareth Barry goes to Man City in the summer yeah. of 2000 and whatever, nine, it's 10, eight, nine, thousand whatever. Nine, yeah. And he stays for another season, Alonso. He it, it, season, and then he goes 40 million. He, he, he said in that interview on NFC that the fans couldn't have done anything more to make him stay, right? Mm. Because the hours, all the fans were coming up to him when he was out having a coffee or was over the summer saying, yeah. we don't go. We don't want Garrett Barry, please stay. Yeah. I remember as a fan going, I don't want Garrett Barry. Oh, I don't no. want him. No. Kick. Like, like imagine, imagine. Why are we signing him? Just, just stop for a second. Imagine turning around and thinking to yourself, I'm going to get rid of a Javi Alonso out of my midfield and I'm going to sign Garrett Barry because I think it'd be better for us. Like, Benitez should have been sacked on the spot. I'm going to put it out. Like, I'm there going, if your t- t- thoughts are, do you know what would be a great midfield? Lucas Leiva and Garrett Barry instead of Javi Mascarano. Now, I know Mascarano has gone mad and he was off to Barcelona and the whole lot, right? And Sorry, and- Alonso leaves in the summer of 2009. He does leave. And we don't yeah. get, I think he, I think he leaves 2000. It's a lot. He's it's meant to go to 2008. It's what? Alonso, the, the transfer saga starts in 2008. And he yeah, finally he goes, goes in the summer of 2009. He's, and yeah, Alonso he's there for 08, 09. Alonso leaves, or Mascherano leaves in 2010, doesn't he? He refused to play. Um, when he goes, I'm not playing, I'm not playing in this midfield with Leiva anymore. This is insane. And Roy Hodgson, I think, was the manager. When he fucked off, eventually well. he was just like, oh, "I am not playing here. This is forget this." Yeah. Have you not noticed the correlation that when can Lucas Leiva plays in this midfield, <laughs> we don't get anywhere near Champions League football? Can I ask? Can I ask you something? Quick question because it's come up there, and Gary Boland asked it. Future Liverpool manager? Question mark because he he's he's played for, he's played for huge well he's played for huge clubs like if you look mm-hmm. at Liverpool, the education he gets at Liverpool and the Premier League, you know, um, Barcelona. Uh, not Barcelona, Real Madrid and La Liga and then Bayern Munich and the Bundesliga. He's gone on and I think he's managed so has he managed Sociedad and then he's gone to Barrel Leverkusen. Right? And in Leverkusen they're banging on about him. Like they are fucking like basically the talk is that Real Madrid are looking going, no, he's next. Um Ancelotti's going off to manage Brazil or something and Alonso's gonna be next. But if 2026 comes around, just for argument's sake, right? 2026 comes around, Klopp doesn't extend the contract. Xavi Alonso was still around and he's still doing good things at Boyle Everkusen. Would you take a, a, would you take a punt on him? It's always, these things are always in the now at the moment, you'd say yes. But I will say, I always felt because of the style of midfielder he was, he was likely to have a good, Vision of what it need of what you need to be as a manager, right? Can you execute <coughs> from a tactical point of view and understand how to set up defensive traps and all that type of stuff? That would that was the big question mark. But for his the way he played in midfield, I always felt would transfer to being a good manager or coach because his 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 whole game was about reading what was happening around him on the pitch and understanding where things were. So really, by taking that across to the manager's bench. The problem most of most of playing most managers who are great players struggle with is that they expect the players to be able to deliver they were they were able to do as players, right? Yeah, soon as being the being one of the main culprits. Yeah. And very rarely do the great players transition well to being great managers because it's hard for them to to accept that the players aren't near their level. And one of the few ones that has really that really excelled as a manager, but he was surrounded by players who had probably exceptional qualities is the fact that Zidane did so well at Real Madrid 
But again, that was more so in the Ancelotti mode of managing. And for me, it's always felt that Real Madrid need great man managers as more so than, say, system managers because they always have a superstar team. Right. So when I look at it and you ask me that, I think Alonso would probably suit a Liverpool slash Bayern Munich side more than, say, a Real Madrid side. And I think there has to be a realism from his point of view that even if he goes to Real Madrid, at best, he's looking at a three to five year game at, at the very, very best. Yeah. If they're prepared to let Del Bosque go after five years because he wasn't a big enough name for them, right? That was the only having won like the La Liga and the Champions League a billion well, they get times. Well, Bosque after winning the Champions League, and I think they might do the same to Angelotti. Um, yeah, because the they, they, they just wanted they just wanted a bigger name than Del Bosque, which is mad when you think about what he goes on to do then with the Spanish national team winning the World Cup and a, and a European yeah. Cup um, in a row, which proved that his 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 ability as a manager just because he wasn't a big personality. Um, you don't need a big personality. So I, I, if 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 it was a viable option, and 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 Klopp decided his time was up, or things go wrong, that that ends up that his time is up, which can happen, and people, I know people don't like to hear that, but that that does happen. Then absolutely, and he's 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 openly said in a number of interviews, one of his his biggest managements, is, he said it himself, is is his biggest um, ambitions is to manage Real Madrid and to manage Liverpool. He said that in an interview, right? So like, if he gets the opportunity to take Real Madrid, he is. But I think if Liverpool came knocking at some point, he would f- struggle to turn it down. But if you're Richard Keyes, you've just advocated that Manchester United should go out and break the bank to bring him in. And I think, who said, I think it would have been Jason McAtee, said, you are absolutely stonewall crazy. There's not a hope in hell that Xabi Alonso would ever manage Manchester United because it's just not his club, and no matter how much money you throw at him. And I think, funnily enough, I think Alonso is that type of person that there's certain things that he wouldn't do. I can't see him ever managing Barcelona. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I think he has he has a love of Real Madrid and yeah. wouldn't go to Barcelona. And I yeah. think it's a principle. I think he has principles. As I said, Bill is yeah, principles a man he, of honor. He, well, he, he, like I think he, I think if you look at three clubs, I think Sociedad, Liverpool, and um, uh, Real Madrid are probably the three that you know uh, he has managed Sociedad. Yeah, I think he goes from there to he started at Sociedad. Yeah. yeah, and then he goes to uh, Leverkusen. Anyway, it's a great show. Um, if you're our age, you remember Javi Alonso. If you're in your 30s, you probably remember Javi Alonso quite well. If you're in your <laughs> 20s, you don't because he's 15 years nearly got from Liverpool. So go back and yep. check out Javi Alonso. There'll be loads of stuff on YouTube about it. Loads. Him. There's, and, there's um, passing compilations. There's, go, yeah, there's scoring just compilations. Sit back and watch. He's, a, he's, yeah. he's, he's fucking brilliant. Um, last pick. Hit me. We've 15 minutes La- left. Last pick. And I think 15 minutes is, is, is fair for this fella. But he's, he's my own. He's one of those personal favourites I have. And of course, it is the inimitable Martin Skirtle. <laughs> no, it's definitely no, it's not. not. When I said 15 minutes left, I meant 15 seconds, because if that was Martin Skirtle, I was fucking out of here. It, it's, it's Simon Minion. No, it's not. No, it is, of course. Well, for me, anyway, it's Daniel Storage. Um, I think he's one of the, for me, anyway, he's the greatest what if the club's ever had. Right. He is the greatest. What if the club club has ever had? He's 116 games, 50 goals, and 116 games was, but 116 games over. I think it's five years. Um, it's six. it dry it six years. It drives me potty. I won't. I, I'll tell you. I've seen very few better strikers play for us. Natural strikers, strikers of extreme talent, who have been plagued repeatedly by injuries, which just offset the career. I'm so thankful that we got to see. When he signs for us, the period when he signs for us with Coutinho, 
before Suarez um, and him January take off. January 2013. 13, yeah. And it's outrageous. And the the following season with Sterling, him and, and, and Suarez, we hadn't seen attacking football. We dreamed of attacking football when we looked at it, the Arsenal teams of the, the Nazis under Wenger play football. We dreamed of attacking football when um, Barcelona had uh, Ronaldinho and um, the other fella, uh, Etu, and the other fella that was beside them as well. I think Messi started off at that stage as well. We had, we always wanted to see these guys. Uh, uh, Liverpool put together a forward line with, with extreme danger, as somebody it is. And we signed stories. And I remember being, I remember being tentatively excited when we signed them, thinking, and then going, I don't know, 12, like how much is the fee meant to be? And there was all rumours. Was it 19 million? Was it 20 million? It turned out to be 12 million. You kept thinking to yourself, that seems ridiculously cheap even for this fella. But will he score enough goals? Because he never seemed to score enough goals when he was with Chelsea. Do you know what I mean? It was well, always just, a trick. Just, just a few stats on him, right? Um, yep. 12 million on the 2nd of January 2014 from Chelsea. He had been at Man City. Um, he had been at Chelsea from 2009 to 2014 with a loan spell at Bolton in 2011. He goes on loan to West Brom while he's at Liverpool in 2018 for six months. Uh-huh. He goes to Travis and Sport for a season. He goes to Perth Glory for a season. Um, he gets 100, 160 appearances for Liverpool with 67 goals and 20 assists. 116 appearances and 50 goals in the league. That's what you're getting the 50 from. That's it's 100, yeah, yeah. 67 and 160. 60 with 20. So 87 goal involvements in 160 games. But but if you take the 50 and 116 in the league, right? Mm-hmm. And I think he scores 21 of them in 13, 14. Yeah. With, so he makes Sterling. his debut. He makes his debut on the 6th of January 2014. I think it's away at Mansfield or something in the, in the FA Cup. Um, yeah. and his last, his last uh, appearance is on the 7th of May 2019. So he's there six and a half years and he manages 160 games, which is about 24. Five games a season, in around that. Um, but before we go, you're saying the biggest what if, right? And I have to get this out of my system because every time I hear the name Daniel Sturridge, I do be fucking fuming. And the reason I'm fuming is because Daniel Sturridge arrives at, at Liverpool and everyone's buzzing over, it, right? Yeah. And he scores. I think it's Mansfield in the cup. He scores. I think we've been three 0 or something away. He then scores when we're beating away at Old Trafford. Um, I think it's the Berbatov fucking goal. Um, but he scores from a rebound off a Gerard shot, right? Um, he continues scoring for Liverpool in thirteen fourteen. He's he scores the three goals in three one nil wins at the very start of the season when Suarez is out suspended. He scores on the opening day against Stoke. He scores away mm-hmm. at Villa and he scores at home to Manchester United. Suarez comes back away at Sunderland, and he sets Suarez up for a goal. He also scores himself on that day, I think. I'm nearly sure he does, right? And for that season, he was fucking brilliant. And the reason I fume is, Phil, is because at the end of 13 14, there's a, Euro, there's a World Cup. It is a World Cup in 2014. And he goes away. He's picked with England, right? Mm-hmm. He's got, he goes away. Uh, sorry, no. The World Cup's on. We go away on the opening day of 14 15 to sports, right? Um, not the opening day, it might be the second or third game. Balotelli makes his debut that day. Liverpool win 2-0. I think Sturridge scores, right? And after the game, it's the first international break of the season. Roy Hodgson is in charge of England. He goes away with them and he's been absolutely fine for Liverpool. He goes away. Is this with the one where Hodgson says you have to play through injuries? No, this is the one where Liverpool send him on international duty and say to the international camp, listen, l- listen, England, 
This is what we do with Daniel Sturridge because he has a couple of issues and we have specific training for him. And sometimes he trains in the morning and sometimes he trains in the evening and sometimes he doesn't train at all. And you have to fucking do this. And what happens? They fucking flog him in training while he's at England. Liverpool are fuming. He comes back and look at his appearances from literally September 2014 to 2019 compared to the appearances he has from January 2014 to August, September 2014. And it's that wanker Hodgson. He fucking ruins him you because know, he was fine. And he was getting football games. He was you playing loads. He was playing loads. He was playing loads of games. I said to Daniel Sturridge, I said, Daniel, if you want to play <laughs> with a single team, you're going to have to prove yourself to me on a daily basis. I fucking hate outrageous? him, Phil. I hate him. He ruined the player. He ruined the player and we could never, ever get him back. We could never get him back to what he was. And Liverpool no. could have nursed him. And I'm not saying he wouldn't have had injuries, but Liverpool could have looked after him and looked after him where we could have went, listen, you're playing, what you're is playing we've four Look games at- this month, you're playing three of them and you're getting one off. But, but his impact... Hodgson his impact was a fucking wanker. His impact before Klopp arrives as, as a player for us is is monstrous. Because what he does is, be, by being a second threat, until Suarez leaves, or being a second threat, he frees the space for Suarez to have that season. Because teams can't ignore... Um, Suarez can't ignore Sturridge. He, like he, he, he was so good, right? In all those mad goals that 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 Suarez scores, the, the million goals he scores, Sturridge scores twenty four goals in that season, right? Mm. If your striker scores twenty four goals, he has a great season. And I'm even sure in the same game where Sturridge scores or Suarez scores the header, Sturridge chips the keeper from about forty five yards out as well. It's outrageous, but like he, he yeah. and, and the, the thing about it was that left the left edge of the box to back post chip. Becomes the trademark goal. He scores about five of these over the course of his time. Do you remember the, he scores an almost identical one against Chelsea where he scored an equaliser? He came on the pitch after an injury, right? And I think it might have been after Suarez went and the ball is played up on the left hand side and he just, he just comes over his shoulder and he just sit, knew the keepers out the line and just chipped him. Oh no, that's ever, that's, 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 um, that's Everton at home in the derby. It was Everton, it was it's a long punt from, from, um, the Torre. And what happens is it goes over and he's on side. And what happens is he's waiting for the ball. He's watching for the ball to come to him. And he looks at the keeper. And then he looks back and he can see it's Tim Howard that thinks coming out. And he just lifts it and it goes miles in the air and comes down yeah. and into the side. Well, then. Um, so scouts of Peter Moy, there is the wonder strike against Chelsea, which is just. That's, that's the one in 2018 where Liverpool are 1-0 one, one down and he gets it on the edge of the box. And he just takes it and everyone's kind of going, it's last minute. And he just takes yeah. it and he just hits it with his left foot. Yeah, man, Swaz. Kepa is in goal and he just smashes it into the top corner about yeah. 25 yards. Do you remember and, his assist for, well, it wasn't even an assist. Do you remember the one where he just dummies it for Suarez to run through against Norwich, I think, or one of them? He just literally yeah, goes, yeah. he just goes the ball and just goes, fuck it, leaves it. And I think Suarez is in and scores. Um, it's like the Pele, it's like the Pele one, except where Pele ran around the post and then missed because Pele's yeah. shy. Chris Brax is the goal in the Europa League final against Sevilla. Yeah, it is. Do. Outrageous, but it just he's he's for me he'll always be the player that 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 breaks my heart that his his body couldn't stay strong enough to allow his talent to fully blossom because we wanted to give him the platform. This club was built to give him the platform that he deserved. His talent deserved because 
And he just seemed to come across, there were, there were so many things that were like, that fans didn't like about him. He was arrogant and all. And I remember going, oh, I love him. As, when he, when he, he says all the right things, he came out was, he, he was just, he's just the type of player I wanted to give a hug to. That's like, that's how I felt. It was just like, do you know what? I think you're great. And I'm delighted that you came here because you've made me a happier person with your talent and with your goals and with everything you've done. And you turned a season that I thought was going to be abysmal under Brendan Rodgers into one that should have been delivered so much more. And you deserve the league title. You, Suarez and Sterling, deserve the league title. For what you <laughs> well, get he, get, he gets a European Cup at Liverpool, doesn't he? Um, he, get, he does. He's, he gets the European Cup at Liverpool. He leaves then in that summer and we, and we win the league the following year. But... um. I, I loved him. I, I just, do you know what I loved about him? He was electric. Didn't he win it? Didn't he win a Champions League at Chelsea as well without playing, without coming off the bench? And I think he did it with us. Um, he didn't come off the bench. I don't. Is he in the squad for the Chelsea one in 2012? Yes, he, he is. Well, maybe he, is. he has two. Then um, yep. he he's um, he was electric, and that's what I loved about him. You know, uh, like even I love things like you remember when he goes down the side against United when we when we hammered him at Old Trafford three 0 and Vidic. Goes to slide and it's not even a fucking penalty, but he goes down. He gets village sent off, and uh, he gets village sent off, and we win a penalty. I think Jared misses it, hits the post, but he was just, he was always a threat. And someone did say there, like uh, Kev says it, he said he's tailor made for for modern media. He's brilliant in the media at the moment, right? And someone else up here um, just says. uh, his fin- Chris says his finishing was outrageous, but his all-round play is vastly underrated. His moving the knife for a pass was amazing. Yeah. He did have a pass in him as well. Like, do you remember the one at? Um, do you remember the goal he scores away at Stoke, where the ball's played to the back post? Um, we, I think, I think we're losing in that game, and then we go about fucking five-two up. We win a five-three, but we're shite in the game. Like, Mignolet is like a miraging goal, but we win it. But do you remember the one where it's crossed to the back post from Suarez? And he hits it, and it kind of hits the keeper and the post, and goes up in the air, and it's on the end line. Do you remember it? It's it's they're in the white and purple jersey, right? Oh, and the ball the ball's played to the back post. Suarez on the break comes in, plays at the back post. He gets onto it, but when he hits it, it kind of hits the keeper's forearm, and the and goes hits up. the post. It kind of hits the keeper, hits the post, and bounces up, and it looks like it's going out of play, and he he kind of reacts to it. Right, he reacts to it on the end line and comes back around the the, the defender and puts. I it in do, the near and then post. he then comes back around. Yeah, he comes back. He basically catches it, comes back around and puts it in the near post. Again. Yeah, yeah. I do and now we're not yeah. going to talk. I actually yeah. do remember the going to talk. Yeah, and then you remember the I, one the back heel away at Cardiff. He's put I in and he, he back heels it to to uh, Suarez. There's, there's so many, and even in the same Stoke game, we're on the break, and he, he goes at this defender, and he he kind of throws his foot over it twice but as he throws his left foot over when he got throws his left foot over it, he actually flicks it with his left foot to Suarez and Suarez places it across the keeper into the far corner because the two of them are stupid good he was he was I, I, and that's what I suppose all three I picked tonight there was there's an element of class about the way they played football right I will, one thing I would say about Sturridge's play all around play when he played was there was just this level this constant level of absolute class and everything he did as a footballer, right? And when I talk about, it's like that. When when we talk about McMahon, which is the opposite end, where it was, uh, as you said, muck jerseys running up and down, launching himself like grandman at every ball that was there and any player that was in his way to get to the ball and the whole lot. But his finishing had that element of charisma and charm to it. Both Alonso and Sturridge, and I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I think this is a stereotype for me. Any player that has 
what I that silky range <coughs> of movement and caressing of the ball. So I love Zidane for this as well. Will always be high on my list of players I love because it's it just adds to me to the poetic part of the game. The game that can't be XG, XGA, and all that type of stuff that's there. It's it's what makes all that nonsense. Yeah, it's 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 what makes football non-robotic, right? It's 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 the beauty in the game. It's yeah, it's when think, I watch you're you're thinking, and and I think I know what you're thinking. You're thinking it's not the goals and it's not the assists. It's the pieces of play in a game where you go, that's yeah. fucking that's stupid, good, isn't it? Like that, yeah. and that's where Alonso and and Sturridge come into because Sturridge has some great goals, but there's some moments and some touches where you go, ah, he's just fucking, he's just brilliant. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's 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 ridiculous. Uh, when we get into the international ones, I'm okay. I want to, uh, does, if anybody comes on this show and attempts to pick Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, I'm going to, uh, there's going to be a collapsing going off in okay. my house, right? Well, I'll tell you what we might do. We might bring on, we might do a show one night where you can pick any player ever, but we'll have three guests and they can all pick one each. I'll have you okay, on and you can well, pick Ronaldinho. I'm picking Ronaldinho, the greatest player in the history of the game of all time, right? And people confuse this with the greatest of all time in terms of what the player achieved, but there's never been a footballer that's made football football that Ronaldinho has. Ronaldinho Not was, was a joke. He Not was one. so fucking good. The stuff he Not done one. with the football was just unbelievable. <laughs> and even now when you play FIFA, people go, what the, what players would you love? And I go, uh, it's probably Barnes and Ronaldinho place. And, um, <laughs> and you know, uh, it's just, uh, Ronaldinho was just a joke. The, the pass he hits away at Celta Vigo, which comes up on Twitter every so often. And the only thing that's wrong with it is it doesn't get finished by, I think it's at the yeah. back post. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like literally to take a ball down like that on your chest, let it fall. And from the sideline, hit a, hit a, no, hit a pass on the sideline, right? <laughs> To the corner of the six yard box, right? And it doesn't go more than six inches off the ground is ah uh, oh, Jesus Christ. But e- even down even uh it just but there's just so much his movement, the things he did before Messi did them, right? Mm. Like think about I it. don't give us too much now because we do this show. I will I, I just but Ronaldinho, I always go I'll do a special whatever player you want, Christmas special. Right, uh, even if like there's supposed to be an international break in in four days or something, we can do it there. We'll do it right? during it's the break. Well, you know what we do? We we'll do it during the break when Liverpool are off in the mid January. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, pencil. Now I won't. I'll, we'll surprise everyone with my choice, though. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oshin, reckon that will be a great show. That'll be a great show. I'll get Phil and I'll get two other people to pick any player they want. Um, he can have Ronaldinho, but I'm not letting anyone have Messi. Um. Uh, maybe I, I will. Fuck it. Um, we can talk I, about I, it. But... I, think, I think you're going to say, I thought you were going to say Lampard there. I was going to say, that's an no, interesting no, 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 no. You can have him if you want, but they'd be talking to themselves. I'll go with a smoke. Um, <laughs> how long are you going to speak about in for? About 48 minutes, right? I'll just grab seven smokes and I'll be back. <laughs> um, let me see. Really good choices. Have to say, really, really, really enjoyed them. Um, three excellent players. Um, you all know about go and watch McMahon, go and watch Alonso, and go and watch a bit of storage. No harm in it. Um, just to refresh. And when you've done all that, go watch Ronaldinho. All fifty-six hours of outrageousness that yeah, exists. Yeah. It's it's like, stupid. Ronaldinho is actually stupid. Um, he's he's basically he's not even a street footballer. He's not. He's he's like he looks like invented the game. Yeah, he's like. Um, do you know what he is? Do you see these fellas that do all the tricks now? Yeah, and they have YouTube channels. But Ronaldinho was doing it 
at the top end of like professional football. He wasn't doing it down the park on an Astro, you know, and having, you know, our cameras there to, you know, take whatever edit you need. He was doing it at the top of the game. And <laughs> it's some of the stuff you watch when you just laugh at the defenders when he's doing it to them. Um, it actually makes me outwardly laugh when I think of the stuff he done. Um, Can we but- just do it? Actually, forget bringing somebody else on. Let's just do a show on him some night, right? I don't care when it is, right? And because uh, uh, there's so much. There's the off-the-pitch stuff as well that we have to talk about because it, he's so really... So are you changing the format now? You don't want three players. You just want a tribute show to Ronaldinho. Yeah, where we discuss half it's about football and the other I'll, half I'll make a deal with you. I'll make a yeah. deal with you, right? It'll probably be a member show, okay? So yeah. I don't know because we're a member show and we're not in the public version of YouTube. I might be able to show some clips, right? Yeah. So what yeah. we could do is I'll try show a clip of something in a member show some week and see if we get flagged for it. And if we don't, <laughs> we're getting ball. How does that sound? Game ball. Yeah. I, I don't know if we can get the clips though of the non-football stuff because there's a lot to talk yeah, well, we'd about have, we'd have in to the non-football we'd stuff. We'd have to ring the right? Pentagon there and ask them for a lend of their, their, their hard drive. But listen, <laughs> um, we'll see. But look, it's been a cracking show. Three brilliant picks. We've, we've made another show over. Um, and I'm, listen, Phil will change his mind three times on what way he wants this done. So when I get the final one in, we will pencil it in for the time Liverpool are off between the 6th and the 20th of January. Um, what have we got coming up for you? Um, Keith has a new show starting on Friday. Um, it's starting on Friday, and it's—I'm going to tell you this now because I, I, the first one's being penciled in and confirmed. It's all about football ownership, right? He's doing about six shows. Um, I know the first one is with Garrett Roberts, formerly of the Anfield Rap, now of the Late Challenge podcast. He does a bit for This Is Anfield as well, um, and it's going to be him and Garrett Roberts talking about the ownership of Liverpool Football Club going back before FSG. To take over on FSG, and I know Keith has basically built this on seven questions. So the seven questions will be all discussed, and he's going to be discussing. I think um, he's going to have Manchester United. He's got he couldn't find C, so he said fuck them. Um, he's going to have Manchester United. He's going to have I think Newcastle, Everton, Chelsea, Spurs. There's a there's a couple of in there, but anyway, it's going to be brilliant. It's going to be called the Helm. Because they're at the helm. Do you like that? Yeah. Could have called it the bridge. The bridge. No, the helm. The helm. Same thing. Right, same person. Anyway, two, half two on Friday. (coughs) Members only. And you know the deal. It's going to go out. People getting to download won't be able to download it for two or three days afterwards because that's the deal you get for being a member. So uh, if you're watching and you're a member, continue to be so. If you have any of those free memberships that we gave out, when it gets to the end of the month, top her up for your own month. A euro a week. It's it's working out at about twenty to twenty five shows, I think, probably even more over the month, and we're having great fun doing it. And it's a great support to us as well. So watch out for that on Friday. Um it should be a cracker. It should really be. Phil, anything else before we go? I just encourage everyone that's still knocking around to go off now and watch the Steve McMahon compilation of his goals, right? And when you're yeah. watching it, I want you to pay special attention to the ground. Because only then can you truly, truly, truly understand the difference in football in the 80s to football now. And see if you can find out where Stamford Bridge is, because there's one in there. If you, if uh, for anyone our age, Gav, they'll recognize Stamford Bridge. Yeah. Anyone younger won't have a brace 
They yeah. won't have a breeze where Stanford Bridge is in there. <laughs> um, I've put the link again in into the chat with, with regards to Steve McMahon. But we've done the tribute tonight. Myself, Robbie, and Emma are on tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. doing the 30. Um, tomorrow night, uh, the uh, Europa League reaction. That's going to be, um, I think it's Kevin Matt doing that one. Um, and Freud. Who's uh, Liverpool are playing Phil. Um, oh, Friday 10am uh, myself and Kev will be on um, Friday you have two you have that new show coming up and it should be a cracker and at 8.45 on Friday myself and Chris do episode 5 of The Title actually I wanted to ask you would you be interested in coming on to episode 6 of The Title which is the final episode where we talk about Liverpool winning the league in 1920 1920? I wasn't around then yeah no you were alright um, yeah, yeah you, you'll have to explain to me when is it on. Um, I don't know yet. Okay, sometime if, next week. Okay, if it fits the schedule, then yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Chris is reminding me. Chris is on tomorrow as well. Um, on the reaction show, it's Kev, Matt, and Chris tomorrow on thing, and then Sunday, um, it's um. I could be wrong on this, but I'm near sure it's Chris Golding, Kev and Matt in the reaction on Sunday for Liverpool against United. But Chris oh. has probably told me he's doing that as well. I just can't remember. There's too many used pricks trying to fucking tell me what they're doing. Look, look at Emma Cavanagh. They used to park cars behind the goals. Emma, this is, they don't even have the cars parked behind the goals. Oh, honestly, you just need to all go on and watch that and see if you can pick out Stamford Bridge. I was looking at going, what's that? Hang on. Hang on. Yeah. Stamford Bridge was <laughs> mental looking and he had goals Mad. from FIFA 94. They did, they did monstrous sticks. And all the, the goalkeepers the goals wore tracksuit buttons. The goals from FIFA 94 are the goals are, are based on the goals at Stamford Bridge between around up until 1992, 93 ish. Yeah. And then, um, and yeah, every goalkeeper that went to Stamford Bridge wore tracksuit bottoms for pennies, some reason. Pennies grey tracksuit bottoms yeah. for absolutely no yeah. reason whatsoever. It must, I don't know, was that fucking glass on the pitch? I don't know what the fuck was going on, right? But the he, cars! The yeah, cars! <laughs> yeah, there was just fucking stray rubber all over the place that he had to wear. Um, they had to wear But the straight, the, uh, the Ox, when I was trying to figure out, was that Oxford United? Was it not when I was looking at the goals? I was going, hang on, Wang Computers. And then I remembered Wang Computers. Before Ray Houghton and John Aldridge signed for us, they were played for Oxford United and they had Wang. Now, we had to be careful with that one. Wang yeah. across the front of their jersey, right? Wang yeah. computers back in the 80s. It was, it's, even just going back and looking at that, for me, and Chelsea, just, of course, weren't, weren't, weren't Chelsea sponsored by Commodore? Commodore. Yeah. Commodore, yep. yep. I don't think it quite said Commodore 64 on it, but it was definitely Commodore. Just Commodore across the front of it. Yep. And then and I got confused by, by Coors. Ipswich. Ipswich also had, um, are in there in the compilation and they have, they had the Chelsea goals because I can't remember what Ipswich's ground is called. No idea. No, um, Ipswich had goals where they tried to make it look like it was in the Stadio Olimpico in Rome. Yeah, they went miles like back. But it was like fucking the Aldi version of them. Like it was like fucking <laughs> mad looking. Like desperate yoga. Yeah. Although the best nets of all time are still the ones you would have found at QPR and Luton. Literally yep. one foot of net behind the thing when the ball hit them. Barely, boom. barely one foot of net, but like yeah. there was lots of it. Yeah. Like the lads getting tangled up and they're just trying to catch balls and stuff like that during yeah. in front of the goal. It was great. Yeah. Wind blows take out the whole people like a fisherman team. It was it was fantastic. I loved yeah. it. It's great. God, let's go. Portman Roads, good man O'Shea and well spotted. And Emma Cavanagh, Stanford Ridge used to park cars here, right? That's yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Uh, it's all good. Anyway, right, I'll stop I'll stop talking. Okay, we have to go. Um question, question for, for Phil. Should, should, should we do, we a, do quiz a quiz on, quiz on Premier League team short sponsors? We could. We could we do it over the Christmas. Not Chris Brack. 
doing the quiz. And I won't be able to because I'm off to Spain over Christmas time. So. Yeah, but, but do you remember the time Chris Black done the, the quiz, asked us the sponsors and had the wrong year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, we got like, it right and he, he got it like, wrong. Who was the short sponsor of Liverpool in 1996? Aston Villa it was. Carlsberg. No, sorry, it was actually Crown Pains. Like, <laughs> uh, so he's not allowed to do them anymore. Not allowed to do I'm them going to see, I'm going to see Pete, so he won't be there. Yeah, that's what happens. Pete say, come on over, you know, anytime you want. And then you ring him and go, I'm on my way over. Be over in yeah. three days. Oh, I'm in fucking Hawaii. Yeah. I've literally just it's, booked a flight to Hawaii. Sorry about gone. that. You know, I'm, I'm, but, I'm literally in the air I'm on my way to you at the moment now yeah. I'm gone now I'm gone yeah. well you see the thing was I, I, I went over to him to do some work for him and um, I basically said you better be there I'll just charge you double so he was there <laughs> so it was all good it was all good the Dell yeah the Dell had the same things as well anyway this is getting very random um, yes right. but I, I do do the random stuff on uh, every morning at 10am now I know you're not available for that but I have put forward the idea of doing a show once a week where it could be somewhere from an hour, an hour and a half, where it's it's not football. Uh, it's just random stuff. Uh, do you want to do it? I do, yeah, at some point, yeah. Definitely, I'm in, because that would suit me down to the ground. No, I mean every week. Me. Every week? Every week. We just pick an hour, mm. and we sit down, and we just chat about it. I might have to bin off Monday then and just have to have the chats, because that's what we... Oh, no, I don't think I can because I love when you and Peak are there. So we'll, we'll, we'll walk it out. We'll walk it out. All right. I, I, we'll I'm only asking up. you. Listen, if you don't want to do it, it's grand. I was just asking you first. I do. I do. Are you going to ask Trev to come on as well? Because Trev only comes out with me if it's. Trev if, who? If the Downey. Yeah. Uh, See you on a he Monday. Won't, he won't, he won't come on anymore. No. No. He doesn't. He's just. He won't. Just he hasn't been on in ages. He won't come on anymore. Who was on a Monday then? Who you said? Oh, that's tre- no, that's a viewer called Trev. Like, there's, there's um, more than one Trev in the world, Phil. Is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. It's not just the Downey fella. Um, anyway, we'll ask the Trev fella and see what happens, right? Um, I, I, don't. I'll go on. I'll talk to you later. See you in a bit. Over and out. Podcast Network.